morning, as we continue, um, we're just celebrating today. And it's something we love to do. We have a God who loves to celebrate. It's all throughout the scriptures. And so we're celebrating Go Jersey City. And so we, we have, we did, we did this yesterday. We have some pictures um, we've just quickly pulled together that we're just going to show you this morning as I just talk a little bit here. And uh, we're just so excited about beginning to engage and celebrating our community. And so um, you guys can go ahead with that and just, just go for that. Yeah. And so we're going to show you some pictures. And really, this was beginning to get back. It's not been easy for us to be at home. And so to, to be going from not being able to meet in person to suddenly doing an event like this is so, well, I'm so thankful. I'm very uh, thankful for all the people who've worked hard really globally to help us begin to take steps like this together. And so we're thankful for God for these opportunities to, to love our, our city together. We had people show up that didn't even know the event was happening. They walked up, walked by us in City Hall and said, okay, I'll do this. And they just joined us and um, went, went along with what we were doing and had fun serving. And we always have stories like that every single time. And so we served at um, Van Vorst Park. You're seeing this now. They're replacing fence posts, uh, mixing concrete, um, digging, and getting their hands dirty. And so uh, it's amazing. Van Vorst Park um, is, uh, is completely volunteer-run. The, the, the city does not maintain that. And so it's an awesome opportunity for us to love those volunteers that live around us as our neighbors. Um, these are pictures from last year. Uh, we can, we, we messed this up somehow. That, that was a fun event. I'm sorry, two years ago, last year. Every, don't you guys say last year and it's actually two years ago. Here we go. So this is on the porch. Uh, we, were, we were making sandwiches. They made 800 sandwiches for St. Lucie's Shelter. And uh, just, just a really fun thing that was just outside our doors here yesterday. We had a team doing that. And, and, so, and then we also had a team go to New City Kids, an amazing after-school program. And uh, they were putting together, getting them ready for their summer camp, which is coming up, I believe, next week, putting together bags and packages for each of the summer camp students, helping them clean up the space. They were beautifying the outside, which we've done for them in the past as well. And so we were serving those three areas. In the past in Go Georgia City, we've had 10 or 11 projects. Um, but we're just getting back to this. So a lot of our people are not ready. And then a lot of our organizations, we were wanting to serve them, like Liberty Humane Society, and uh, they're just not ready yet. But we're, we want to be pioneers. We want to be leaders into saying, this is important. We can get back to loving one another. So, so why do we do this? Um, why, why do we go? Why is it so important for us to take these steps? Other than the fact that it's just a lot of fun, right? <laughs> like, it's fun to do this and engage with one another. And uh, you can serve and have fun. In fact, you'll probably have more fun doing that because God has made you to serve. And so let's, I just want to talk about why this is so important. I want us to not think of it as a once a year event. I want us to think of this as something that God's made you to do and that brings you joy. And if you're a part of this church family, we want to continually be taking steps like this together. So why is this so important? Well, just quickly, number one, God, you know, God's, I'm not one, now, don't do my point yet, but God set this as an example, all right? And so uh, let's listen to this. This is from Ephesians 1, chapters 3 through 8. He says, this is a Paul, Paul writing to us. He says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Wow, that's, that's an amazing pitch. That's an amazing pitch. 
That's like Mariah Carey going right there. So watch out. Like, I don't, that's awesome. I'm, I love that. Okay. I'm way too easily distracted. Wakawana gave us the really big cups today, which is really dangerous for me. So I'm like, probably too much coffee. Okay. Uh, I'm reading scripture somewhere. Um, he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us, his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. If you were with us last week, do you remember Jonah talking about, he says, I knew you were a God who's so kind and rich in mercy and compassion. Do you remember that phrase? Listen to what Paul says. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. From the beginning, from the beginning, God has been pursuing us. It says before he made the the world, he he decided in advance to adopt us into his own family, to send his son to die for us. He knew, he gave us the freedom to choose. And we, we chose, we walked away from God. We said, we think we know better. He walked away from life that led us towards death. He didn't leave us there. He's pursued us. He showed us that's what love is, to sacrifice and to pursue one another. There's no other way for us to find God unless there is an act of going. There's no way for us to really experience love and forgiveness unless someone takes the step to go. And that is the example that Christ and God has been showing us from the beginning. We want to be with our neighbors. We want to love them. And there's, there's no way that that happens within the context of just us gathering here. If we just do this as a church on Sunday, if we just kind of say this is who we are, there's no way that we can actually be with our neighbors, for them to know who God is, to experience his love, whether they ever believe in God or not. Most people in this, this community are skeptical. They've had maybe bad experiences of church in the past or misconceptions of God and other different things, and they need, they need people living life around them and engaging them. Number one is say there's some normal people, like they, they, you know, just to, to know that. And that's one of the reasons why go is so important. And God knew this. And God is someone who wanted us to know him, and he came to us. So let me talk about the purposes of why it's so important for us to go. Three things for us, right? Very typical. Here we go. Number one, it's who he's called you to be. It's who he's called you to be. You will experience the joy of this when you live this out. It is part of your calling. Listen to some of the words of Jesus. Jesus was telling, uh, was around a bunch of people. He had these really judgmental, religious, ultra-religious people that just didn't like him because of uh, who he was. And they were... Uh, and it says here in Luke 15, it says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners of their time often came to listen to Jesus teach. Isn't that phenomenal? People who were far from God, 
were like, I don't like religion. I don't love it. Like they loved being around him. It says, this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. In their mind, they're like, if I'm all good and everything, and then I can't associate people with what they would call unclean. And Jesus came to show us, no, it's not that at all. If there's anyone who could have been judgmental, it was, the, it was Jesus who lived a perfect life. And they would, it says, it made them complain that he was associating with them. And not only that, it says, even eating with them. They often accuse him of eating and drinking with them. And it's like, how could you do this? And so, so Jesus told them a story. He understood with their minds and their hearts. So he's like, listen, he says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Will he not leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to the search of the one who is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found my lost sheep. There's this celebration. He says, In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. He says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Now, this is not like losing 10 dimes, right? Like losing a dollar. <laughs> this was, the, you know, they, this day and age, what he was referring to was something of incredible value, like, like maybe a year's wages. Like it was a lot of money. It's like losing a paycheck. And so won't she light a lamp and sweep under the entire house and search carefully? If he was writing this now, he would say, wouldn't he? she light up her iPhone? And like, she says, right, right. She, and she would just be turning everything over until she finds it. Because when she finds it, she will call on her friends and neighbors and say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. Says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. This is a picture of our heavenly father. He is seeking after us. I love Luke 15. It's part of our leadership training here because it shows us the incredible heart of God. He's pursuing us. His holiness didn't keep him from it. It was why he came. It is an example of then as Christ followers, who he's called us to be, and we are to be like him. You're made like this, and you are called to be this way. And then number two, it's how he leads you. It's how he begins to do a work in your life, in your heart. We're, we're talking about baby dedication today. As, as If you're a parent, it's how he uses your children to lead you as you lead them he uses these things and as we take steps to trust him it's an as we take steps and do whatever we are doing in life it's an opportunity for us to bring god along he wants to lead you and i to depend upon him and we do that many times in the going listen in luke chapter 10 verses 1 through 3 it says the lord now chose this is speaking of jesus now, now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. He says, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now, what is this word? Go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. 
Wow, I like the first part of that sentence. Now go, okay. Wait, lamb, like sheep among wolves? Like, wow. That means like, it's not going to be easy, but I'm sending you out. He's sending us. It's how he leads us. In John chapter 20, 19 through 22, it says that Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they are afraid of the Jewish leaders. Now, why were they afraid? Well, if you know the story of Christ, Jesus had died. He had been crucified. And they lost all belief in him. Because if he's the Messiah, he's not supposed to die. Even though he told them over and over, I'm going to die. And in three days, I'm going to rise again. It just didn't register with him. They just figured he was doing an analogy. I don't know. Like they just, he, they lost all hope. And not only that, they were in fear. But Jesus had risen from the grave in that very moment. And they had not known that yet. Since they were behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. What does he say? Does he say, I mean, you can see it, so I like blows the story. But anyway, he doesn't say like, man, I told you over and over again. Maybe that's the voice that you have in your head. Like, I told you, like, I was going to do this and you weren't there waiting for me. No, what does he say? He says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his sides. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Wow. What an incredible moment. Because I am sending you. A loving God who understands you, he's made you, he knows what will bring you joy, he's not left you alone, he wants to be leading you. It's who he's called you to be, it's how he leads us, and the third thing is, it's how you experience purpose and meaning in your life. It's how you see this story going. That's our third point today. It's how you begin to see God work in your life. And no matter where things are going bad or they're going good, you know that he's leading you through a purpose in your life. Matthew 28 says this, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, ready? We know what the word's coming, right? Go, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, who is he talking to? Was he talking to seminary students, ordained pastors, and people who get on stage? No. He was in front of all these followers of Jesus. There's hundreds of people standing in front of them. They witnessed him as a resurrected Savior. He was about to ascend into heaven. He's speaking to all of us. That's why when we celebrate baptism here, it's not just an ordained pastor, minister who's being part of this. It's the, those who've been part of their life because we've all been called to go, to go. It says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, always, to the very 
end of the age. Now, maybe it's the coffee. Maybe I'm just, I'm passionate about this, but reading this scripture gives me hope. It makes me excited. The message of Jesus Christ brings us hope because it's true. His resurrection shows us that there is a God. He that loves us and cares for us and that we can trust him and trust his story even when it is hard. We know that we can trust him. So what does this look like? How can we take steps like this in our own lives? How do we go? Well, the first one, this sounds really, I don't know, simplistic. But I want to encourage you to you pursue God. And you can be someone say, I, I don't know if I'm a Christ follower, but I, I don't know where I'm at on that. Well, that's great. When Jesus came, the first thing that people did was just come and listen, to sit and listen to him. They didn't suddenly jump up and said, okay, I give you everything and my whole life is yours. Like, ever, that's all it. Like, they began to listen. And then he began to encourage them to take steps. It was a step until they began to understand him. And then they would take the steps to follow him. Wherever you're at, I encourage you to follow him and to take steps. Some of you are like, I don't know what God's doing. I don't know what his will is in my life. I don't know. How. I want to encourage you to take, to look what's in front of you and do the things that you know that you can do. You can intend to be with us on Sunday. You know, we don't, we're not asking for perfect attendance. That's just impossible, and that's, the, that's not the point of things. But you're engaging in community. Those are steps that you can take. Maybe you can serve on a team. And that's really the second part, is you need to be part of his family. That's number two. You're not made to be an individual on your own. You're made to share life with others. You can, just in light of the commitments we've made today, you can join and serve on our kids' team. It's a phenomenal way to love others. You don't have to be a parent for that. In fact, our kids' team usually is made up of people who are mostly are not parents, and they love serving. You can be part of our worship team, audition to be part of our band, or be part of our first impressions team, setting up and tearing down or greeting others. There's all kinds of ways. We can engage in simple service. We have weekly things to let our, our city know that we are here. You're going to be part of his family. We have steps that you can take after service. As you can, join in those steps. Be part of our welcome gathering and then be part of our follow class. Join us in membership, all those different things. And number three is you love others. You love others. And there's, there's lots of ways to do that. You engage with your neighbor. Throw some parties. I mean, they're throwing parties in heaven, so why not throw parties now? I'm your pastor, and every year I make a point to tell you to throw parties. Love your neighbors. I know it's awkward. Most of the time, you see your neighbor coming out of the elevator or whatever it may be, and you book it. You, like, you're running to the door, right? You're like, let's get inside because we want to have a conversation. We've got to do this. It's so funny. Last night I was sitting on my stoop just enjoying the things, and it was a little bit dark, and my neighbor came out right next to me, and it startled me because it was a dark, and it almost... I almost felt weird because I, I was worried about scaring them to suddenly be standing right there. And, uh, and we had a conversation about his light that wasn't working. Like, it was just like, these are great moments to get to know one another. But a lot of times we flee, but God's like, trust me, let's engage this. 
But it also means to love others means you're going to have to sacrifice something that you want. Comfort level. It takes time. It takes money to love others. It takes money for us to engage as a church family. One of the ways that we love this church family is by giving financially. But it takes sacrifice. And why do we take these steps? Because Jesus showed us it was worth it. This is who you're called to be. It's how he leads you. It is how you experience meaning. So we're learning to trust him. As we begin to engage again, when we take steps as a church family, we're going to get to experience this purpose. You are invited to be part of this. This summer, we're going to be doing what we call simple service. Where we, we started this week. Uh, where we, we, meet at, we gather at the past stations. We hand out snacks and fun things, along with the invite card to our church. Now, many of you are here today because of that. Our city, many times, is lonely. People don't know one another, especially if they're moving here just now. Some people lived here for a couple years and haven't found community. And this is a way that we let people know that there's, there's a community ready for them to love them, no matter who they are, where they've been. I want to invite you to be part of Simple Service or join us on the Sunday team. Whatever your step is, take that. You can click on Connect on our website or click on your Use Your Connection card. This is who you've been made to be. Let's continue to go together. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for who you are, your love for us. God, I thank you for the example that you were, that you didn't just say, hey, do these things. You came and you showed us first, that you pursued us from the beginning, that you were rich in kindness and mercy and love. But you are also a father who is leading us purposely. We, we thank you for that. We celebrate you. I pray today that you would give us the faith and help us to remember that you've made us to go not just a couple times a year, but as a part of our life. I pray that we would learn to trust that call. And I pray that this church family, this summer and this coming year, would experience the joy and the fullness of life of what it means to do this. I pray that we would take simple steps and trust you with the rest. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.